Let's not argue with it. Here, hold my hand. You want to reason with that? If it fails, I've still got a gun in my pocket. Don't worry, I'll make it plain. I'm acting on my own. You'll be all right. Zarkov, it's plain suicide. No, it's a rational transaction. One life for billions. Welcome to Flick Flops Cult Classics, the podcast where we dive feet first into the wild and wonderful world of films that have earned cult status. Each episode, we'll flip the script on cinema's most intriguing and unconventional films, exploring the hidden gems and eccentric creations that have captured the hearts of dedicated fans. From the bizarre to the brilliant, these are the movies that may have flopped at the box office but soared in the cult scene. So grab your popcorn and get ready to challenge your movie taste. This is Flick Flops Cult Classics. This week we discuss Flash Gordon, the 1980 sci-fi film starring Sam J. Jones, Melody Anderson, and Max von Sydow. In this film revamp of the 1930s comic strip, Jones plays Flash, a New York Jets quarterback who, along with his friends, quote-unquote, travel to the planet Mongo to fight Ming the Merciless in an attempt to save their home and ours, planet Earth. He saved every one of us. Are we card-carrying compatriots of the cult classic? Find out in this episode of Flick Flops Cult Classics. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah I'm sorry. god there's there's, there, there's just so much wrong with this Mon- <laughs> planet mongo oh my gosh i don't even know where to start but let's, uh, start, let's start with what <laughs> let's start with some numbers i know you probably got some <laughs> this one might actually take me out uh, <laughs> oh god okay uh shit hang on uh let's see flash gordon 1980 uh, sci-fi, 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 as Gary pointed out. Sci-fi. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes has this sitting at 83 with the critics, 69 with the audience, um, which is fresh and also surprising to me. Uh, <laughs> we'll dig into that in a minute. The budget for this thing was 20 to $27 million. Again, the numbers are a little round because they can't you – know, this was made a lot of years ago. Um Box office, they say it brought in $46.5 million. Written uh, primarily by Lorenzo Sample Jr. And directed by a guy named Mike Hodges. I didn't have anything else really of, of note from Mike Hodges. Lorenzo Sample, though, oddly enough, <coughs> you'll see. Uh, I'll, I'm going to jump slightly ahead to talk about something to, to bring it back to him. This has a very campy feel to it when you watch this film. Mm-hmm. That Lorenzo Sample, for those that do not know, and I didn't know until I did my research, he's the one who developed the 1960s Batman. Joker's good. What a kick turn. But watch Batman trimming. Joker's shuffling now. Yeah. Television. So you, you see the tie in there. It was his kind of thing. Yeah. Um, he also now interesting enough. This guy also this guy has a wide range because he also wrote Papillon, interesting, uh, which is a is a really fantastic film. And he also has a uh, speaking of bonding, Gary. I know you were thinking about your favorite James Bond related podcast. That's true, by Andy, on the Tummy Twins Network. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he also wrote Never Say Never Again, which was the return of Sean Connery. To yeah. the James Bond franchise in 19. Funny that you have a Bond over your shoulder at the moment. And oddly enough, you didn't mention Timothy Dalton. 
uh, in your rundown, which I thought, hey, what's he doing in this film? There's, there's, there's a few names I, I skipped for the time being. Yeah. I, I do mention two people in my notes here. So, we'll, yeah. So, um, I, I didn't do all the, all, there's, there's quite a number of people in it. But that, that's deep, all deep I got. Roy, deep Roy's in it. Yeah. <laughs> for, for numbers and, and, and whatnot. Did you find out what the cost of a ticket would have been in 1980? The average ticket cost in 1980 was $2.69. So what did you say this movie made again? Wow, uh, $46.5 million. Okay, well, I, you could probably attest about $53 of that from me. <laughs> really? Really. Yeah, I saw this movie a, prob- a good handful of times. Oh my the, gosh. The uh, yeah, yeah. Well, you'll be surprised to know this was the first time I'd ever seen this movie. Really? Oh no! I definitely know where we're going, and I think it would be right <laughs> in my prediction. Um, because yeah. I I think there is odd because parts of this when I watch it seemed familiar, but I don't recall ever seeing this movie. I would have never gone to see this in the theater that I know of, unless yeah. I was going like my brother took me or something. Yeah, and, and he might have, but I have zero recollection of seeing this movie as I was watching it. I think I've seen clips over the course of my life, and yeah. that's what I I'm I'm attributing to my memories of this film. Yeah. Uh, do you want to get into this? Well, I will. I will say real quick that for me, during the time period that this came out, um, we had a, <laughs> we had a what was called Showcase Cinemas up the street, a couple miles from me, and my friend Tommy and I mm-hmm. would a lot of times ride our bikes up to it. I was totally into movies. Yeah, and I would, I would even get Showcase Cinema like gift certificates for my birthday. It's nice. And so I, I spent a lot of time biking up. Yeah, because you, know, you were what? Two, couple, three three, three miles? miles? Yeah, maybe two, maybe three miles. Definitely. Over by the mall. Yeah, definitely two miles. I, maybe a little bit longer, but not that far. And I'm trying to remember because this movie came out when I was 11. So I'm like, man, I got away with, you know, riding my bike. Not, I'm not. Not the not busy streets. They were busy streets. You imagine letting your eleven year old kids no jump on their bike chance. and like, man, I'm going to the mall. Yeah, not a chance. But we did. But anyway, um, so I know I saw this movie quite a bit in the theater. Um, really? Uh, for me, when I was a kid, sci-fi was my thing. Um, you know, Star Wars. You, you remember on yeah. TV? We talked about that before. Mm-hmm. With uh, you know, you got different sci-fi films that were on there. Um, then you've got this stuff all coming out. This was to- the Battlestar Galactica, you know, all these different sci-fi shows. <clears throat> I don't know. If, could you see somebody darting? Um, <clears throat> okay. Again, I didn't, I did I wasn't a Galactica fan. I wasn't a Star Trek fan. Yeah. I, I did like Star Wars. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't think you could have been alive in that era and not been a kid. I don't know if you how you could have not been a fan. Now, having said that, my my wife Teresa, who's the same age as me, zero for Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, nothing there. She doesn't get it. She's like, it's whatever. Probably a predominantly male. Yeah, fascination. Kind of- and not to say that there wasn't females that loved it too, because I'm pretty sure my cousin did and stuff. Yeah, but, yeah, you know, but just not as many. I mean, it was totally up my alley for sure. But sure. Um. So, so coming into this, I you know. I would have said, I think I was adamant that we watch this one as part of this. This was like my pick. And I was like, we got to watch this one. I had, I had no idea that you'd never seen it. So that's interesting to me. Yeah. And, and I didn't, I forgot to tell you that when we picked it, but it's like, yeah, it didn't it, never. What I knew of this movie was the theme song. 
That's as much as I knew of this movie. Yeah. And probably, I would guess probably at that time, that was my first real, like, introduction to Queen because of it. Sure. I had the soundtrack to this movie. I knew knew the whole opening dialogue between Ring and Clytus. When we started playing it, Tara's sitting there watching it. I was doing it as it was going. She's like, how do you remember this? She's like, how do you remember this? That from that long ago, I was like, for some reason, that stuck with me. I and then you're like, me. did you say, ask me our kids' middle names? Yeah, right. No idea. Hold on. Give me a second, and I'll come but, up with it. <laughs> but I can recite dialogue from 43-year-old movie. Yeah. For some oh, reason, well. uh, and I would just say, um, we can pick this movie apart now, but I will tell you that um, I loved this movie back then. And so now right. watching it with 2023 eyes. Um where does we it can sit? start. We could start picking it apart, and then I'll tell you. I'll tell you later whether I'm still a member of the cult or not. <laughs> okay. Well, so, uh, I I knew I knew nothing about uh, Flash Gordon. I, I mean, I always confuse, and this is, this is horrible. I, I hate to admit this up on in public, but Gary and I are comic book guys. I always confuse, and I always assume Flash Gordon and the Flash were the same person. <laughs> I did, and I, I I say that as a comic. I mean, I can look to my right, and there's six, eight boxes of comic books here. Yeah, I have zero Flash or zero Flash Gordon. So yeah, yeah. I just always assumed they were the same person. Um, dumb, I know people can make fun of me. The five of you that are watching, God, tell me you didn't think the same thing. <laughs> um, I didn't understand. I didn't know the backstory that this guy was a f- professional football player named Flash Gordon. Like, I mean, he's wearing a shirt that says Flash on it. I'm like, yeah, for the record, that's probably not the original story. I, I, yeah, because so. the original story is from like the 30s. From so I'm sure he wasn't a football yeah. player with the Jets back then. Yeah, no, that's all just <laughs> that's uh, bringing it current. But uh, the the easy low hanging fruit picking this film apart. Uh, <laughs> There's a lot. <laughs> and we'll just knock that off. Uh, the, the plot, t- t- to me, the plot, it just doesn't make any sense. It's kind of dumb. And I, I again, I, I need, I tried to look up, and I just, did, I ran out of time before our show today that to do the prep on what the history of Flash Gordon is. I know it was a comic, it was a serial comic, but whatever. Yeah. So let's, let's just break this down that this guy is going to, Mongo, planet Mongo, somewhere out in the atmosphere. <coughs> to verse to go after as you look at Gary's picture, Ming the Merciless. <coughs> Which again, I've had people reference Ming the Merciless to me, and I again they get I hate to admit some of my stupidity on in here, but it, I am smart about certain things. Not some <laughs> not so much other I things. actually thought Ming the Merciless was a a ancient Chinese some kind of ruler. We need more Calgon. Ancient Chinese secret, huh? Oh, no. Okay. Yeah, I was like, I, I don't mean the merciless. And I was like, oh, it's a guy from the Flash Gordon. Jesus, I got to go back and read a history book. <laughs> I mean, I truly well, I was like, I. Probably because of the Ming dynasty. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure they brought the name from that, you know? Well, yeah, and they made Max Van Saito look a little Asian. Yeah. Uh, I mean, not the most appropriate thing. But anyway, uh, 
we'll, we'll try to read my notes here. Uh, so I like when the, in the opening scene, Gary, yeah, and again, I, I, this is just going to, we're just doing some, a few little pick aparts. I'm not going to rip this movie. Yeah. Apart. Cause it would be way too easy to go through the whole movie and, and go yeah. dumb, dumb. Why did they do this? Why? Did yeah. They, yeah. So I just made a couple of quick notes. Same, uh, the, the, the opening, the aliens, the aliens, again, now the aliens look like Ming here. So they're, they're, they're human looking, which I always find fascinating because keep in mind, this was made after star Wars. <laughs> yeah. So we, we've seen a world of creatures that have been created. Yeah. That don't look anything like earth people. That was a bridge too far for the producers of flash Gordon. I'm Let's sure just, part of, for the record, I'm sure part of that was, look, we can sink all of our money into building some really large, cool sets. Or, or we could do a bunch of prosthetics with a bunch of people and make them all look like different creatures. <laughs> they went with the sets. They went, <laughs> they went with the sets. And it's look, it's like out of a, a Trump wet dream, by the way, because there's gold <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> I like the sets of Flash Gordon. It's the best. I love it. Anyway. So so. Like gold. The gold's very fashionable in the future. Uh, real quick, so the aliens, they're zeroing in on Earth because Ming is, wants to play and he's, he's, he's bored, so he's going to destroy the planet Earth. And he doesn't know what the planet Earth is. A, a theory. He's like, Earth? Earth? What is this Earth? How peaceful it looks. However, <laughs> I'll do if the you look, thing. <laughs> okay, so, but if you look at his control panel, yes, he has something called Earthquake. earthquake. Yeah, <laughs> I know, it's hilarious. Uh, and by the way, hot hail is hilarious to me too. Hot, hot hail. Hot hail. Yeah, I thought that was funny too. Like they're like, "What is this place? Earth." Hmm. Let's give it an earth. I, I would have no <laughs> presumptions of what natural disasters would happen on Mars. So if I'm making a movie of Mars, I wouldn't have Marsquake because yeah. I, I don't know what they have because I don't know anything about Mars. Again, adults made this movie. Yeah, it wasn't like. You went to my our kids, Gary, when they were eight, and said, write me a script. And you would say, well, it makes sense because they don't understand the differences in sp space. Got well, it. and, you know, so so part you, you brought this up with with the guy that's part of 60s Batman. Yeah, simple. Totally. Can't. And I think about when I watched Batman back then and how much I loved Batman. I did. I'm with you on that. And going back and watching that, too, you get a sense of, oh. This is not like supposed to be serious like you take it as a kid right as a kid you're like this oh, is bad you know that's all i and tried to walk up the side of a building you don't pick up yeah you don't pick up all that stuff as a kid oh it's supposed to be goofy and entertaining probably for yes. the adults that are stuck watching it with their kid you know what i mean right. so the whole campy thing i was oblivious to as a child yeah um and now i get it watching it as an adult and i'm like i have to forgive a lot of these stupid things because it was clearly dressed up as just a, why like ha ha, ha you know let's just do the, let's do hot hail and earthquake on a button that this guy's hitting <laughs> so i i have to forgive it the sense of like i can't think if they were if this movie was a serious film right then it would be a huge issue and i think a lot of these things that we pick on in, in this movie and i've got a few um you have to remember it's a campy film it's it's built that way and that's a hard thing to kind of it, it's a hard thing to kind of pick on to a degree well, when you when yeah you it is it. so i think you're 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 spot on when you say you have to just look 
past these things. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, another note I have, and uh, I mean, the rocket cycle. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I need to say much more. Flash is, he's he's in the atmosphere riding a rocket cycle in a muscle shirt, no eye protection, no oxygen, no helmet, no spacesuit. Keeping in mind, we 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 have a space satellite station that circles the Earth in in orbit, and they have to have air dams to enter and leave it, and to, to mm-hmm. do a spacewalk, you have to have a tethered oxygen tank, and but not Flash because he was a <laughs> Jet star quarterback. He can clearly uh, fast moving air doesn't make his eyes water tear up. He can just dude, zoom dude, through space. Everybody in there. And how does he know what a rocket cycle is? How does he know to turn it on? I mean, I like it, it though. <laughs> the list of things you could spend all day ripping apart. Yeah. So we'll just, I, I'll leave it at that. Again, I would just always say that this was made after Star Wars, where Lucas unfortunately kind of spoiled us with what the imagination can do. And I, I, I want to make a note. I don't know if you knew this, Gary. Lucas offered to direct this film early in his career, and they yeah. turned him down. In fact, he wanted to do a Flash Gordon movie before Star Wars. That's actually what made him go do Star yes. Wars. That's yeah. My note says that oh. he, because they turned him down, he he wanted to do something like this. Yeah, and I mean, clearly his ideas were much better than Dino De. Laurentiis. I don't remember seeing the uh, Flash Gordon sequel. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> there was no uh, 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 Ming Strikes Back and <laughs> Return of the Ming. So here, here's some of my notes because um, to me, okay, yes, it, it, there's some, there's so much ridiculousness that you, you just had to pick your battles, I guess, on this one. I got a kick out of the fact that yes, okay, the atmosphere thing is ridiculous. All the planets are ridiculous. I mean, they're not planets like we think of planets. There's like the ice one or whatever, and there's just clunks of ice. Then there's the the one that's like a bowl. They're, they're like cloud cities. <laughs> yeah, it's all just weird, different stuff. But, um. But they land and Flash gets out of this thing. We're not, you know, I don't know where we're at, but he goes walking out to shake the guy's hand. And the guy takes out a gun. This still makes me laugh thinking about it. That shoots a hand. (laughs) Hello. We're from Earth. Friends. (laughs) But then grabs Flash's hand as if it's shaking it and flips him over <laughs> and i'm like they have a gun that shoots a hand what is what is this is so dumb <laughs> um yeah there there's a character that's in it that's a droid thing that floats around yes kind of like the spy droid thing in there very much like the interrogator droid from star wars if you what? recall that i do um, I wrote that down as a note. It also um, reminded me of the thing from Phantasm. Oh yeah, didn't think about that. Um, although that time period on that might be after, but um, in the Zarkov flashback, that, okay, and I'm just going to run down a couple notes that I have. Here. Do it in the Zarkov flashback, which is hilarious because they're trying to wipe his memories out, and so you see a quick play of a bunch of his memories, and the one that made me crack up was that he's clearly after he's just got married 
and there's two of his buddies or whatever. Yeah, I guess you just have to assume that's what this is. And they pick up and they're swinging his wife and throw her in the pool. And the next thing you know, she's drowned. <laughs> yeah. I, <know. laughs> I was like, <laughs> and then they're all sad. They're like, Oh, it's like, what? Your what brother's killed her. What's that all about? Uh, that actually made me laugh out loud. And I know I've, again, I've seen this movie so many times I, now, not since then, not since back then, but, um, but at the time that, you know, that never dawned on me. That's hilarious to me. It's well, so dumb. <laughs> you know who that, that actor was, right? To Paul. Yeah. Yeah. From uh, Fiddler on the Roof. From famous for Fiddler on the yeah. Roof. Yeah. Um, and I have the night, nice atmosphere, nice planets. You know, the plants are ridiculous for some reason. There must be oxygen everywhere. Um, yeah, like I, we, we were missing the boat here, and we're, we, we could be traveling to these other planets. Yeah. But one of the another thing that it's just it, it's a ma- it's because of the special effects, but it still kind of made me laugh. Uh, there are the Hawkmen that are carrying Zarkov, who, and, and they Dan. were my favorites, by the way. Yeah. Uh, and Brian Blessed, by the way, still one of my. That one of my favorite characters. He's the the main Hawkman. Is, is he the main guy? He's always yeah, he he's got a little bit of an underbite. Yeah, he was oh, great. He's hilarious. Um, but they're flying. The Hawkmen are they've got trapped Zarkov and Dale, and they're flying them. Yeah. And what? <clears throat> it's so stupid. But again, that's kind of what all this is. That made me laugh because I'm like, if they were being flown and hung by their hands, they'd be like this. But they're not. They're they're like as if they're flying too. It's hilarious. So dumb. You could totally nitpick everything in this movie. Um, and then I also have that there's a few Star Wars actors in it. One of the one of the pilots in the 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 in the beginning. Um, there's a brief cameo, by the way, that I was I had to go look up because I'm like, the dude that just threw the luggage on the plane at the very beginning, was that Robbie Coltrane? I don't know if you're familiar with him. What's his name again? Yeah, Thank yeah. You. Um, I was like, that looked like him, but he's in it like two seconds, and yeah. that was him. That was really well, him. I was like, really? That's keep mind this whole thing was shot in England. In yeah, there's a lot of English actors, just like Star Wars was. Yeah. Um, so you've got a lot of a lot of uh mixed uh you know actors in there that are like extra kind of uh so you got a couple the, one of the pilots was one, um, uh, but the one that stuck out that I kept thinking. And I recognize that dude, but I don't know why he sticks out so much to me. Is Zarkov's assistant um, that goes running off? He doesn't want to yeah. go on this death mission with Zarkov. Yeah, and then Zarkov that's, pulls a gun on him. Yeah, which is weird. Uh, that's the guy that played Porkins in Star Wars. No way! Oh <laughs> I was like, God. I was like, I know. Why do I know that dude? Uh, Porkins. What a keen, hilarious. Um, and then there's a couple other. Uh, characters in there, like a couple other actors too. But I did want to mention the future Bond, Timothy Dalton, which you have over your shoulder. Yeah. And the other one that I'll mention um, is Richard O'Brien. Um, if that does not ring a bell to you, um, the name does, but I can't. He's going to make an appearance in another cult classic that we do see soon. Okay. The okay. Rocky Horror Picture Show. Okay. That is uh, Riff Raff. Okay. Um, he he was Timothy Dalton's kind of side character, the bald guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. That's wow. Yeah. Oh, there you go. And uh in my other note was Queen soundtrack and then um I I did love uh that there was quicksand in this movie. We've talked I about have a note that says before. quicksand on mine. <laughs> that's all of my notes, so please Well, that and the last note I have I, cuz I'm just reading mine cuz we had similar notes was uh 
again, this is uh, they're in they're on the planet Mongo, right? And at the time fr- prior to you mean Mongo Flash, time, right? Okay. Prior to Flash getting there, uh, Ming the Merciless was unfamiliar with Earth. Yet, as he's <laughs> about to marry the Earth girl, they play the wedding march, and, and they do vows, yes, like Earth vows. Yeah, I, know. I thought that was funny too. Uh... I mean this this whole film is a, is a it should be a a pop up quiz for continuity errors. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, but. Yeah. Uh, again, I, I I think you have to look at this for what it is, and it'd be like it'd be like looking at '60s Batman and judging it versus uh, you know Christopher Nolan's Batman. I mean, it's just it's right. You it's, can't. It's yeah, you can't. You can't. So, you know, I I don't want to be too harsh on it. it uh, uh, will I ever watch this movie again? Gary, do you need my number? My thing. Here? I would like to know, Andy. Are you a member of the cult? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no and once uh, again <laughs> when, when was the last time you'd seen this prior to just recently i mean maybe i rented it maybe back in the day um i i honestly it's it's funny to me that uh that i can recall that beginning so well I think part of that has to do with it being on the soundtrack as well. I think that whole intro is on the soundtrack. Um, and so I think I, it was even beyond just seeing it so many times. I also listened to the album so many times. Was there any uh, other better song, good songs on it besides Flash? Uh, what's interesting is I don't remember. Okay. Uh, it, I mean, it's a lot of instrumental stuff throughout the film. So you've only got really a couple songs to it. There's the flash song, then there's the one at the ending, which is a little bit different than that on the outro at the at the end of the movie. Um, so, uh, but anyway, so for me, yeah, I think um, it's probably been at least. Well, I'm trying to think of when that may have come to video and all the vi- like video stuff is going on. So it's been a while. It, it's been probably yeah. thirty years, you know, at least. Okay. So with that said, um, I know you'd never watch it again. I'm still a freaking member. I still love it. I, it's kind of like Strange it. Brew with uh, with uh, with Brent, Brent. You know, for me, our friend uh, Ryan. Yeah, this is just one that I just I still love it. I still it reminds me of when I was a kid and would see yeah. it. You know, and, I, I think uh, that's what's beautiful about cult films. And I can look past is, all is, of the stupidity. Right. I still just, you know, there's some themes in it that I just really liked, some some visuals that I really liked. I love the the spinning disc with the spikes coming up during the the whip battle thing that was going on as a kid. I thought that was the coolest damn thing. Yeah. Putting their hand down in that um oh, yeah. thing. The, the stump. Yeah, the stump in in the forest arbory or whatever. Um yeah, I just loved it. I still I get do. It. Uh, you know, for me, there's um, it's not not a same comparison, but a slight adjacent is uh, I always have a, a special place in my heart for the original Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, um, it's not. I wouldn't say it's a great movie, but it, it means something to me. And yeah. I I just watched it again Christmas Eve. It, it, uh, we were in a hotel in Cincinnati, and I caught it, and I was like, oh my god, and. <laughs> 
Teresa's like, oh, let's watch it. And I said, okay. And we sat and watched it and and just enjoyed it as much, I think, today at 54 that I did when I was, you know, a 14-year-old kid or 8-year-old kid. I mean, so I get that. Yeah. You know. So Yeah, yeah. I think it's it, it, it just it's that sense of wonder and stuff you had as a kid that kind of returns. And and then the the nostalgia of it. I mean, yeah. we we long as as you get older, you long to hold on to what what brought you so much joy. Can you hear sirens? Okay, no. Uh, but again, I, as I said, like, this is a movie I would have seen in the theater, so it, it doesn't hold anything for me. I, I, I didn't care. I would have cared for it then. It doesn't do anything for me now. I mean, I just look yeah. at it. I'm like, I mean, it was a, it was work for me to get through this film. Was it? I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. I can imagine. If but I, I, I could see that. I could see but that. I was laughing. Like I was, I enjoyed it in a, in a sense of, ah, I want to see what they're going to do next. And, and then <laughs> I'm watching, I'm like, wait a minute, let me pause it. What's that say again? <laughs> yeah. So there we go. All right. Well, um, thanks everybody for watching another episode. This one went a little longer uh, called Classics. Uh, we hope you are enjoying this new vein here. Please like, comment, and subscribe, and uh, let us know if you watch Flash Gordon. Are you a member of the cult or not? Are you Andy or me? Let us know. And uh, to bring back Willy Wonka, uh, since you said that, I will say um, good day to you, sir. I said good day. This has been a Touch of Madness production brought to you by the creative minds at Tommy Twins Media.